This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 318. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. So we're kicking up a brand new week of podcasts Under the Stairs content starting right here. This is our run through the brand new Dexter New Blood season which is currently airing. We're going to be looking at episode number two which aired last night named Storm of Fuck which is a great name and they pretty much say it in the show and I got a bit gleeful and was like yes storm of fuck which is kind of it almost feels like a Scottish phrase like lump of fuck stupid fuck ignorant fuck fuck you you fucking fuck I I mean it's you know it brought a wee tear to my eye how the showrunners and writers leaned into their inner Scott they may not know they have done it but yes, they have. So we'll be covering this in a review on this episode. It will be spoiled, so please be warned before you listen right through. And unlike the previous week's episode, I ain't giving you backstory this time. We'll obviously wrap up what kind of happened in the previous episode and then get into a review of this episode number two of ten. I can confirm that in the interim since doing the last one, the show will be playing right through Christmas, so Podcast Under the Stairs will break tradition this year and we'll have two episodes in the time that we take two weeks off, one covering each episode. The show should conclude early January 2022 and we'll see what they do with it because according to the internet, this broke records for Showtime. 2.2 million viewers checking out this one, which is, I mean... For the bigger TV shows, it's probably nothing. Like your Walking Dead's used to it in its heyday get close to 20 million. But for a you know paid by service like Showtime, this is huge. It's the it's the biggest um debut of a season of TV that they have had on their service. And I can't help but think to to myself that unless they have written it in such a way that this season can't continue, maybe it continues. I don't know. We'll be we'll be curiously watching as the season progresses. So yeah, after the first break, you'll be getting a review of episode number two of the brand new season, Dexter New Blood. Out with that, this week is fucking banging, ladies and gents. I'm bringing the heat, nay, I'm bringing the thunder to your listening pleasure this week. On Thursday, you're getting a bonus episode of the brand new horror comedy, Black. Friday. Now this movie is dropping this Friday in select theatres and then will be making its way to digital on demand on Tuesday, a week tomorrow, Tuesday the 23rd of November. It's got a great cast, folks like um, Devin Sawa and Bruce Campbell joining an eclectic group, actually a stellar cast, it's a horror comedy and 
If all that wasn't enough that you're getting a review of that movie just the day before it makes its way to the cinema, this guy right here today actually sat down and chatted to special effects maestro Robert Kurtzman. And I'll tell you right now, I was in fucking awe of this guy. He is largely responsible for some of my favourite horror effects of all time, growing up from when I was knee-high to grasshopper, if that's a saying, uh, right through to current day. So it was kind of, I was kind of a little bit awestruck chatting to him, but it was a bloody nice bloke. So that interview will also be on that episode for you. So there you go. See how we did that. And then on Sunday, I'm sitting down with my buddy Boz for another bonus episode, and we are discussing his time at Fright Fest Halloween edition. So that was a limited. Uh, festival that the Fright Fest guys put on in London just around Halloween time putting on select choices of upcoming horror movies so you'll be getting his recap of the festival experience coming its way to you on Sunday. On the Tea Putts Collective this week you might have a doing the nasty by the end of the week I'm going to try and move heaven and earth sadly my co-host Mark Ball is down with the Rona and uh, we're, and that is actually legit. He, he's, he has coronavirus. So not that I'm like, he's got the man flu, but he's pretending he actually has um, he has COVID. So uh, when he's feeling a bit better, we're going to reconvene to talk about insemnioid <laughs> for doing the nasty. So that will be coming its way to you a real fucking soon. Hopefully before the end of the week. And that's you all caught up, ladies and gents. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not you all caught up, ladies and gents, because Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts returns to the fold. This Friday, you'll be getting the brand new episode of that deliciously distasteful podcast. We are recording it tomorrow after a three-month hiatus, in which time... Liam has caused himself more injuries than we can actually count. I've become a father for a second time. Scott has become a father for a first time. And Baz is not on the sex offenders list yet, which is a miracle, let's be honest. So yet yeah, that will be coming its way to you on Friday. Let's do this, shall we? I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear a little taster of episode number two of Dexter New Blood. When I return, I'll be recapping that episode right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies sometimes we even talk about cameron mitchell and his movies i am richard who are you i am brad the guy that's not richard or jeffrey or simon that's right we have four people and we always talk at once except to each other jeffrey lives up north simon lives across the world richard lives in penis alabama Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? 
<laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. What can I possibly say to the son I abandoned? You got big. Matt Caldwell disappeared last night. I was hoping we could set up base camp here. I might get away with this after all. I'm Jim's son. Son. Ouch. I need him here. He'll keep me from killing again. You're not listening! You can't wait to kill again! You are a serial killer! And welcome back. So you've just heard a little taster of episode number two of Dexter New Blood. This one is called Storm of Fuck and aired on the 15th of November 2021. The director this time, same director as the previous episode, and I believe he's doing six episodes in total on this particular run. So he's doing the majority of them because there are 10 episodes in this season. Is Marco Siega. Um, the kind of script for this one, story, whatever, is done by Warren Hoos Leonard and Clyde Phillips, based on the characters from the Jeff Lindsay novel. Cast pretty much the same as we already had uh, on the previous episode, Michael C. Hall, Jack Alcott, Julia Jones, Johnny Sequoia, uh, Aloe Miller, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Carpenter, Frederick Laney, Gregory Cruz, David Majidoff, uh, Michael Cyril Creighton, Gazelle Jimenez, Kimmy Ann Dunn, Oscar Wahlberg, David G. Curtis, Andrew Pharma, and some other folks in here as well. Synopsis for Storm of Fuck is Dexter's cabin becomes home base when a missing person's case turns into a crime scene. Meanwhile, Dexter is trying to reunite with, with his son Harrison. Dexter, Dexter struggles to keep his old and new worlds separate. So very quick recap as to the end of the previous episode, uh, Dexter killed a local rich, uh, spoiled and m mostly obnoxious kind of adult uh, who uh, was son of one of the wealthier contingent of the town he now lives in. It was the first time he had snapped and killed someone in about 10 years and um, he did it on impulse after this kid shot a white deer um, or white stag, sorry, and um, right in front of him. A, a stag that Dexter had been kind of stalking but not killing as part of his I'm not going to kill someone routine. Add to that, um, towards the end of the episode, we got the introduction of Harrison, who is Dexter's son, who has managed to track him down and Dexter against his dark passenger in her voice's um, wishes, uh, this time in this season portrayed by his uh, half-sister Debs, or adopted sister, stepsister, sister. Um, sisters are doing it for themselves. His sister Debs, who's now playing his internal monologue, uh, told him not to let him in, not to tell him who he was, and he did it anyway. And yeah, so Dexter has killed someone chopped up the body and it confirmed to his long estranged son that he is Dexter Morgan even though he's gone going under the name Jim Lindsay and that brings us to this episode so uh, we kick off with Dexter and Harrison having like an awkward conversation 
where Harrison finally fills in some of the blanks that you as the audience are wondering, well, where, where is Hannah, the woman that was left in charge, the stepmother, so to speak, of Harrison, the, wo- the woman that Dexter was going to run away with to Argentina, but ultimately at the end of season eight decided to drive a boat into a hurricane. I mean, we've all been there, but... Yeah, so we find out that sadly Hannah has passed away, and she passed away a couple of years ago uh, due to pancreatic cancer, and Harrison has been kind of dossing about here, there, and everywhere, and throughout this episode we find out well, whether or not it's to be confirmed, or if he was just saying this as a way to avoid taking drugs, that he has a bit of a dark past and substance abuse, so. So yeah, the, the two of them, awkward kind of, kind of, starting of conversations and we learn that Dexter sent Hannah a letter which ultimately Harrison found. Harrison believed that his dad was dead and he found a letter that Dexter had sent to Hannah we imagine sometime afterwards which clears up the that's a very shitty thing to do Dexter and in this Dexter had basically said um, to Hannah if Harrison ever starts to exhibit anything dark inside him a la the dark passenger um, reach out to me and because he never did she never reached out to him so um, we'll get a bit more on how Harrison managed to track Dexter down as well as basically what this means later in our review on the side of this though there's a couple of different moving parts I, I suppose the, the first moving part is that a girl has been kidnapped and she thinks she's in her hotel room someone i can't remember quite rightly i think this is the girl that the sheriff gave money to to stay at a local halfway house and she thinks she's in the halfway house and she goes for a shower when she comes out there's a bottle of a rather rich plonk on the bed some champers and some chocolate coated strawberries and she proceeds to gorge herself on them but what she doesn't know is she's being watched and she kind of KOs you know through booze consumption and we're going to circle back round to that in a minute. Uh, Dexter agrees to basically tell Harrison everything, any question that he's got the following morning, gets up in the morning while Harrison's still asleep, decides that he's going to get back on the straight and narrow, back into the routine. Meanwhile, all the while being taunted by a very angry Debs, as his inner voice basically telling him how much he's fucked things. There's a lot of the fuck word in this episode, storm of fuck. Um, How he's fucked this, you know, like you should never let Harrison in. When Harrison finds out, you know, it'll ruin his life. Or even if he doesn't find it, he'll still fuck up his life. And, you know, he should never have killed anyone. And now he's bloodthirsty and he'll kill more. And as Dexter goes outside to presumably get some fresh air and do his morning run, he noticed that there's blood trail around his house because it turns out he was a bit sloppy the night before in cutting up and disposing of the body. So he gets into panic mode. Obviously, Debs finds this hilarious and he tries to cover his tracks by overturning the snow over the blood. And while he's doing that, 
the police and entourage show up at his property. Turns out the missing boy, um, because he's important and he's white and he's from a well-to-do family, his friends have reported him missing, so the police are doing a search and they're using Dexter's home as home base because it borders the indigenous tribes land as well as the hunting grounds as well. So Dexter, a bit panicked by this, uh, agrees to let them use the fire pit and he'll get them coffee and all the rest and you'll see what he can do. And of course, at this point, his girlfriend, who is the chief of police, uh, Julia, meets Harrison. And of course, Dexter had never told her that he had a son, so this leads to all manner of awkward conversations. But mostly, Harrison plays into this is my dad and his name is Jim, as opposed to this is my dad and his name is Dexter. So it, it's kind of interesting how he does that, almost as if he reads the room really, really well. He also says to Dexter at some point that he doesn't want any untoward police attention, which once again leans into this, maybe Harrison is coming from a troubled past. He appears to have been on the road for a while, hunting down Dexter, so maybe something is going a little bit wrong there. So uh, ultimately there is a kind of, we're going to do well, a search, every in-house, out-house, barn-house, farm-house, cat-house, dog-house, mouse-house. Um, we're going to do all this and we're going to try and find where this kid is. And of course Dexter, knowing what had happened, suggests that him, or he, sorry, and Harrison could go searching towards the adjacent land of the indigenous tribes, which they are not allowed to search on because the indigenous people are doing that anyway and Julia obviously pissed off that she's only just found out that Dexter's got a son agrees and Dexter and Harrison make their way there um, Dexter is driving erratically mostly because he's driving over the blood trail from where he's dragged the body uh, so he's covering the tracks there and we get a bit of conversation once again mostly innocent conversation between Harrison and Dexter about why Dexter chose to live in this small place um, in the snow considering he lived in Florida when Harrison knew him and Dexter leans into the fact that it's a small town and there's no crime there's no crime what to speak of and Harrison finds that an odd statement to make considering they're looking for a missing body and of course they come across the the dead stag, the white stag, which turns out is actually on indigenous land. And I don't know the ins and outs of things, but apparently uh, killing a white stag on indigenous land is a sizable crime. Um, and so Dexter starts to pivot this cleverly that Harrison should head back, get the police and bring them up here. This is a crime scene. Maybe, just maybe, this kid, um, what he's done is he has killed this, this Matt kid, has killed this stag, realised he done fucked up on indigenous land and because he'd broken the law and not wanting to get into trouble, he has uh, made his way to the road, hitchhiked and went back to New York. Um, meanwhile, he's planting evidence while his son is going to get the police and Debs is back and Debs is vicious this time. She is laying into Dexter, ripping him to shreds, ripping him up and using him for arse paper, as we would say in Scotland. The interesting thing about this is Dexter isn't as sharp as he used to be and I kind of love this aspect because in the previous run 
of the series. Dexter was like super on the ball, well-oiled killing machine. Um, never left any evidence, was meticulous about what he did, was always in control, and he's just out of practice. This is 10 years out of practice. It's in snow, so it's not as if you can exactly, you know, black surfaces can hide blood well, but you can't hide blood on snow, so um, he tries to track what may have caused this blood trail and remembers that when he hit this Mac guy in the face, he fell back and smacked his head off a stone, so he now needs to basically clean this stone, clean up the evidence, plant a glove to make it look like he ran to the highway, and of course when the police show up, uh, Dexter is chanting to the indigenous tribes, and also kind of dropping a little bit of, I bet you this Mac kid did this and ran, and of course they lean into that as well, and then we get some more story about this missing girl thing, so it turns out like indigenous girls have went missing, uh, and there is uh, like a sea of them, and specifically one who means something to Julia. Um, we don't know what yet, we will find out shortly, but um, this kind of um, Native American guy basically says to Julia, you know, you know how bad this can get and you know, you're gonna have to pick a side at some point. I would say the character was Iris, but it might not have been Iris, but you're gonna need to do something about this. And so we take the stag back, Harrison's a huge help, everyone loves Harrison, um, and Julia kind of hints that Harrison, if he's going to stay here, will have to go to school, because he's of that age, oh yeah, she's got a daughter called Audrey that we saw very briefly in the previous episode, and her friends are also going out to search to see if they can find Matt, so maybe Harrison should tag along, which he duly does, and these kids... Um, I don't know if these are what teenagers are like now, but essentially they break into a summer, a summer camp hut and uh, with the help of Harrison, who turns out to be quite nifty at breaking and entering a chip off the old block, so to speak. And um, we get a bit of story here that Audrey is a bit troubled as well. She gets on with her mum in so much as... Um, I keep saying Julia. Julia's the name of the actress. It's Angela is the name of the the um, head of police. But Angela, as her mother, is essentially quite controlling, married to her job. We realise that her and Dexter have only been together a short amount of time. And Audrey kind of pushes this idea that, you know, it probably won't last that long because no relationship with her mum lasts that long because she's married to her job. Uh, we get a bit of story about Harrison at this point. This is where I mentioned about the comes from a, uh, a substance abuse background. But we also find out that he, he is fully aware that his first mum was murdered. So um, he like he knows that, which I can kind of floored me a little bit because I didn't think, and that might lean into why John Lithgow is going to do a cameo later on in this season as a kind of flashback or a voice in his head that Trinity is going to make an appearance because Harrison is aware that his mother was murdered. He's also aware that Debs died as well. And this is, you know, these things were the catalyst, so to speak, uh, for him going to Argentina. So we get a bit of that. Kids, super distrust of um, Harrison. They're checking through his bag, realise that he is a bit of an artist. He draws pictures, uh, doesn't really have any details on him in his bag. And then we are switching back to this girl trapped in this room, like waking up with a vicious hangover and then realising that this room has no handles and she's trapped and she's screaming and she works her way up to the camera 
in the room, which has been watched by someone on a, like on, on a MacBook. As she's working her way up there, uh, there's a and written in it looks like lipstick behind the camera as you're already dead. So of course she screams, and the person looking in the the laptop at this, although we don't see his face, is Clancy Brown. This is Kurt Caldwell. This is this Matt kid who's been eviscerated by Dexter. This is his dad. Uh, we will see him at the end of the episode briefly, but he's the big bad. Like if you've been paying any attention at all to what's been coming about this season, he is the main villain of this season, which I love. That's a genius bit of casting, um, and he appears to once again he appears to kind of torment his victims. Now, once again, I mentioned in the previous episode, well, previous episode that we covered last Monday, that there's kind of shades of Robert Hansen here, um, and. Uh, Robert Hansen, sorry, and I think I'm, I'm doubling down on that because I know from the on the season of Dexter we saw him hunting with you know like a hunting rifle hunting girls for sport and that is basically what Robert Hansen did. So there's a bit of that in there as well. Like he killed mostly sex workers uh, and runaways. So I get the feeling we're playing into that, which once again I'm fine with. I think that's a, a, a kind of cool concept. Um, we're going to get some more conversation between Harrison and Dexter. Uh, Harrison asking why Dexter works in uh, you know, a shop that sells knives and guns when he used to work with the police. And Dexter saying, well, I never actually worked for the police. You know, I was a consultant with the police, but I, never, I was never a police officer. And like Harrison kind of being like, well, that's surely better than what you're doing now. So there's a bit of... Harrison, I don't think is fully trusting of his dad and wants to really dig into this. So now that we've kind of set things up, Dexter's planted enough evidence. The, the police seem satisfied that actually, and the gloves found, there's a glove that's planted. The police seem like fine that, you know what, this is probably just this Matt Caldwell kid killing something he's not supposed to have on ground he's not supposed to have been on, which is illegal, and rather than facing music, he's done a runner, and that's that's what's happened and we can kind of live with that case closed um dexter has a kind of sit down heart to heart with his girlfriend angela and during this conversation it comes out that audrey her daughter is actually adopted so she's adopted her and there's a hint to just a little hint to that the mother of audrey is this irish chick who I'm assuming from the way things have been kind of parsed here, was killed by Kurt Caldwell. I think that's going to be a reveal later on. So that's a, a Duncan prediction, ladies and gents. She basically asked Dexter a lot of questions and Dexter does his best attempt of trying to feign a mask. And they kind of decide between the two of them that they should try and extend the olive branch to have Harrison stay in the you know in the cabin with Dexter and he, he needs to go and get him a cot and all the rest and we kind of circle towards the end of this episode being that uh, you know as far as the police are concerned this is case closed we're going to pack up our stuff and get the fuck out of here uh, Dexter has Harrison's cot made up for him basically says to him listen up you know you can't stay here if you want there's an awkward conversation between the two where Harrison goes back to this letter and says, you know, why did you leave me? What was the darkness that you saw in me? And Dexter's saying, actually, you were the sweetest, most trusting kid I ever met. It was my darkness that I didn't want to put on you. 
And I think Harrison takes this in that Dexter did drugs or alcohol or something, which, you know, is obviously a heart back to season two. Uh, and this was the darkness that he was on about. And Harrison says that his only memories of his dad growing up were that his dad was great. And the only bad memory he's got is his dad abandoned him. So he kind of agrees to stay there. Dexter's going to enroll him in school. And just as the police are getting ready to go, lo and behold, Kurt Caldwell, Clancy Brown enters the episode. A new player has entered. And he shows up and he he is not buying the story that is being put out. Turns out he is very helpful in this small community. Um, much loved, unlike his son who was a prick. And he kind of beseeches the town to help him continue the look for his son and eventually everyone relents agrees to search and as this is kicking off and Dexter's like oh why won't this just end the camera pans to beneath the fire pit where everyone has been eating and drinking and planning their rescue and underneath there in body bags is the body dismembered of Matt Caldwell so that's episode two storm of fuck I, there's a lot to like about this one. A couple of things that I like. I don't think we've moved the story along a whole lot in this episode. It felt like a right. We've we've given you the big kill. We've given you the setup. We're going to introduce our villain now. Let's decompress a little bit. I love the the kind of transformation of the Deborah character, who in the previous one, previous episode was very kind of soothing, calming, do the right thing. And this one, she is just fucking vicious with him. She's constantly belittling him. She's constantly in his face, very aggressive that he's fucked up. And if he doesn't do the right thing, his child will end up fucked up as well. So I really like that kind of twist there. And we get a bit more, obviously, the story of the missing women in the background that we're assuming... Kurt Caldwell has been involved with. I like that. I wish actually they'd just shown Caldwell, Clancy Brown's character, as the guy watching the the laptop. Because if they're trying to keep it a secret, it's not very well done. Um, once again, Michael C. Hall, great performance here. Really like Jack Alcott as Harrison. He looks a little bit like Dexter, and there's certain mannerisms that I think totally kind of align with that in a way that I thought was was, was kind of cool. Um, we obviously, we, we get plenty of the, the those two characters trying to bond, a bit more information about Audrey and Angela, um, a little bit of the methodology of the killer, but ultimately, this is the the next day, so this is day two of this, of this TV show, and we haven't really progressed anything, nor has Dexter given Harrison any real answers on anything at all. It's all been very vague, and you would assume that Harrison searching for Dexter all his life would want those, would be asking better questions. That to me felt a little bit. Uh. All that being said, though, I mean, Dexter's back. Uh, this was a incredibly fun episode. I, I love what they're doing with it. Uh, I like the twist they're taking. I like that we have Dexter's inner monologue for the whole episode because we missed that for most of the first episode. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter, once again, showing how she's a fucking great actress and woefully underused in TV and cinema. And yeah, so we'll see where we go from here. I didn't watch the next week on Dexter clip because... I want to go in as surprised as everyone else is when it lands. But 
Uh, I'm assuming we're going to get Caldwell killing his first victim. That feels like a inevitability and an escalation of pressure on Dexter and maybe some information about this Iris character, a bit of Audrey's past, a bit of Angela's involvement with the adoption and her obsession with solving this, this case of missing girls and maybe a bit of Harrison's backstory which would be kind of nice as well in terms of a grade for this one I give it a 4 out of 5 I really liked it I don't think it's necessarily as good as the first episode but like I said before this is your decompression episode before we start to power our way through the story proper so there you go we will of course be back in one week's time to do the next episode. I am loving doing this. Uh, episode number three is called Smoke Signals. Um, and that will be coming in a week's time. I'll be taking my final break. When I come back, I'll be closing out the show and I'll be doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been episode 318 looking at episode number two storm of fuck from dexter new blood we will be doing these weekly up until um episode 10 has aired and finished so strap yourselves in and enjoy my thoughts and musings on these episodes every monday the next episode obviously coming next monday there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Do not stop there, though. Do not stop there. Subscribe to the sister feed, the Teapot's Collective, where you get shows like Opera Omnia, doing The Nasty Chronicle and Where to Begin With. All those shows and their archives can be easily streamed, navigated and perused if you subscribe. And then you never miss any of them. So subscribing to both those feeds, ladies and gents, is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. You can, of course, jump to our website. If all that searching around is too much. Website, teapotscast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws' Shite. Another regrettable outburst. It's a booze-based entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. We return this week, ladies and gents, after a three-week hiatus. Well, I say three weeks, it's three months. Three month hiatus. Don't hate us. Uh, where we're returning to get very drunk, do uh, stories on regrettable life choices. We have so many of them. And trust me, there will be very few fresh ones coming on the episode dropping on Friday. We do weird news stories from around the globe and your listener emails to boot. Jaws is shite another regrettable outburst. Exclusively available on teapotscast.com and returning this Friday. You can, if you want to, reach out to me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast for podcasts under the stairs, facebook.com forward slash teapotscast for the teapots collective, and for Jaws' shite, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you are too cool for school on Facebook and you only use the twin prongs of social media, sexness, Instagram and Twitter, you can reach out and interact with myself and Baz over there at teapotscast. The podcast under the stairs returns this Thursday where you will be getting an interview with Robert Kurtzman who worked on a brand new horror comedy coming to limited theatre runs this coming Friday. 
uh, our review and the interview drop this Thursday for Black Friday, ladies and gents. So please check that out. Interview was boss. Movie, ton of fun as well. So you will have fun with this one. It's got Bruce Campbell. So you know you got to represent. And until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is, and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. <laughs>